Welcome to the third episode of the Short Stories Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Maiden, and welcome to today's holiday special. Today I'm going to be sharing stories. I'm going to be sharing a short story that I actually just wrote today. Um, and I'm also going to be sharing a cha- uh, a section and a chapter in Harry Potter. And also, maybe more. We'll just see where this podcast takes us. First off, I'm going to start by reading the story that I wrote today. This story is called Retznam, and it's about a teenage girl that's really rich, and she discovers their project. A product that she buys is actually quite dangerous, so... Here's Retznam. There once was a teenage girl named Jem. She lived with her parents in a big mansion since her parents were rich lawyers and dentists. They lived away from the people on a high hill. Jem attended the Tracy Hills private school where she was at the top in her class. Tracy Hills was having their annual Halloween dance on Halloween where the students could dress up if they wanted to, even if most of them thought they were, quote, too old to dress up in their teenage years. Jem was willing to dress up. She was going to be Little Red Riding Hood. She needed to go to the store to buy the elements of her costume, so she went with her mother since they had a strict grocery store visiting schedule. Jem only went to the store with her mom once every week since the grocery store was 20 miles out from where she lived. The day that she visited the store to find the elements to her costume, she browsed in the Halloween section. There were new Halloween products, such as, quote, ghost be gone spray and, quote, wizard powder and more. But one object caught her eye, with the product's name being, quote, retznam, which was what looked like an ordinary hairdryer to Jem. The name interested her, her thinking of what retznam meant or what it could be translated to. The label read, Retznam, the ultimate hairdryer to open the portal of drying your monstrous hair. She convinced her mother to buy the object, along with the parts that made up her costume, and it was so. As Jam set Sat in the car on the way home, she held onto the Retznam hairdryer, staring at the name of it. She was curious and excited to try out her new Halloween-themed hairdryer. A full moon was in place, shining bright in the sky at a distance. On Halloween night, Jem was ready to go to Tracy Hill's annual Halloween dance, putting her costume on and glancing all around her body at what she wore. She had just taken a shower and wanted to try out her new hairdryer. In her own bathroom, she opened the Retznam box, gazing intently at the hairdryer itself. Next thing she did was plug the hairdryer in and push the power button on. There was no option to speed up the heat of the hairdryer, which was really odd, since most hairdryers have that option. The hairdryer's speed increased Every five seconds, and Jem was starting to get worried about if the hairdryer would slow down enough to dry her hair more at ease. But the Retznam's speed kept on increasing, increasing, increasing. 
out of no expectation, Jem saw something black start to blow out from the inside of the retsnom, and Jem dropped the hairdryer like a hot potato. She looked as if she'd seen a ghost, with a face so white and afraid that you couldn't tell if it was real or not. A big black figure emerged from the hairdryer into Jem's bathroom, with red eyes, a crooked smile, angry eyebrows, two horns, and a genie-like tail. The figure spoke to Jem, saying, I am the black shadow of, of night. You have opened the portal to the monster world, thank you very much. That hairdryer of yours says Retsnom, and it looks like you silly human couldn't figure out what it means. Retsnom is monster spelled backwards, and now anyone else who uses this type of hairdryer will release more monsters into the world. Lucky you, you just released the leader of the monsters, which is I. Now I say, I, we will be killing you humans one by one for a full night. Our goal is to kill three million of you at least, maybe even more. Looks like I may do the honors to kill my first victim. The black shadow of night motioned toward Jem slowly, reaching his creepy black claws out to grab her. Jem tried to leave the bathroom, but the black shadow of night had locked the bathroom door with his mind. Jem's eyes were as wide as saucers, and she made a blood-curdling scream to warn her parents and to come get her. But by the time Jem's parents came upstairs and into her bathroom, the monster was gone, and all that was left in the bloody bathroom was Jem's headless body. That's the end of the story that I wrote today in my free time. I hope you liked it. Please give me comments on my Instagram at short stories podcast. Um, that was, uh, I have actually had retsnom. Um, I've had that in my mind or I wrote stuff down about that quite a while ago. Um, but I just wanted to expand on it and maybe have a backstory of who was turning on this, um, AKA monster hairdryer. Um, and I just wanted to share that with you guys. So, um, the, here's the thing. I've actually never... I maybe read only one chapter of Harry Potter. I've seen all the movies, though. I'm kind of weird like that. I like seeing movies, but not always reading the books. Kind of like Narnia. I haven't read all the books, but I've seen the movies that are set out. So, I just uh, opened up on an app... Uh, to read Harry Potter a sample. So I'm going to read part of chapter 10 titled Halloween, which I thought was pretty interesting uh, since that's what's on Saturday. I'm going to start. Halloween. Malfoy couldn't believe his eyes when he saw that Harry and Ron were still at Hogwarts the next day, looking tired but perfectly cheerful. Indeed, by the next morning, Harry and Ron thought that meeting the three-headed dog had been an excellent adventure, and they were quite keen to have another one. In the meantime, Harry filled Ron in about the package that seemed to have been moved from Gringotts to Hogwarts, and they spent a lot of time wondering what could possibly need such heavy protection. It's either really valuable or really dangerous, Ron said Ron. Or both, said Harry. But as all they knew for sure about the mysterious object was that it was about two inches long, 
They didn't have much chance of guessing what it was without further clues. Neither Neville nor Hermione showed the slightest interest in what lay underneath the dog in the trapdoor. All Neville cared about was never going near the dog again. Hermione was now refusing to speak to Harry and Ron, but she was such a bossy know-it-all that what, that they saw this as an added bonus. All they really wanted to know was a way of getting back at Malfoy, and to their great delight, just such a thing arrived in the mail about a week later. As the owls flooded into the great hall as usual, everyone's attention was caught at once by a long, thin package carried by six large screech owls. Harry was just as interested as everyone else to see what was in this large parcel and was amazed when the owls soared down and dropped it right in front of him, knocking his bacon to the floor. They had hardly fluttered out of the way when another owl dropped a letter on top of the parcel. Harry ripped open the letter first, which was lucky because it said, Do not open the parcel at the table. It contains your new Nimbus 2000, but I don't want everybody knowing you've got a broomstick or they'll all want one. Oliver Wood will meet you tonight on the Quidditch field at 7 o'clock for your first training session. Signed, Professor M. McGonagall. McGonagall. <laughs> Harry had difficulty re- hiding his glee as he handed the note to Ron to read. A Nibus 2000, Ron, Ron moaned enviously. I've never even touched one. They left the hall quickly, wanting to unwrap the broomstick in private before their first class, but halfway across the entrance hall, they found the way upstairs barred by Crab and Goyle. Malfoy seized the package from Harry and felt it. That's a broomstick, he said, throwing it back to Harry with a mixture of jealousy and spite on his face. You'll be in it for it this time, Potter. First years aren't allowed them. Ron couldn't resist it. It's not any old broomstick, he said. It's a Nimbus 2000. What did you say you've got at home, Malfoy? A Comet 260? Ren groaned at Harry. Comets looking, look flashy, but they're not in the same league as the Nimbus. What would you know about it, Weasley? You can't afford half the handle, Malfoy snapped back. I suppose you and your brothers have to have up twig by twig. Before Ron could answer, Professor Filtwick appeared at Malfoy's elbow. Not arguing, I hope, boys, he squeaked. Potter's been sent a broomstick, Professor, said Malfoy quickly. Yes, yes, that's right, said Professor Filtwick, beaming at Harry. Professor McGonagall told me all about the special circumstances, Potter. And what model is it? A Nibus 2000, sir, said Harry, fighting not to laugh at the look of horror on Malfoy's face. And it's really thanks to Malfoy here that I've got it, he added. Harry and Ron headed upstairs, smothering their laughter in Malfoy's obvious rage and confusion. Well, it's true, Harry chortled as they reached the top of the marble staircase. If he hadn't stolen Neville's rememberall, I wouldn't be on the team. So I suppose you think that's a reward for breaking rules, came an angry voice from just behind them. Hermione was stomping up the stairs, looking disapprovingly at the package in Harry's hand. I thought you weren't speaking to us, said Harry. Yes, don't stop now, said Ron. It's doing us so much good. Hermione marched away with her nose in the air. Harry had a lot of trouble 
keeping his mind on his lessons that day. It kept wandering up to the dormitory where his new broomstick was lying under his bed or straying off to the Quidditch field where he'd be learning to play that night. He bolted his dinner that evening without noticing what he was eating and then rushed upstairs with Ron to unwrap the Nimbus 2000 at last. Wow, Ron sighed as the broomstick rolled onto Harry's bed spread. Even Harry, who knew nothing about the different brooms, thought it looked wonderful. Sleek and shiny with a mahogany handle, it had a long tail of neat straight twigs and Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top. At seven o'clock, as seven o'clock drew nearer, Harry left the castle and set off in the dusk toward the Quidditch field. He'd never been inside the stadium before. Hundreds of seats were raised in stands around the field so that the spectators were high enough to see what was going on. At either end of the field were three golden poles with hoops on the end. They reminded Harry of the little plastic sticks muggle children blew bubbles through, except that they were 50 feet high. Now, this keeps going on about Harry and the balls, um, that scene, him figuring out what Quidditch really is. But I'm going to skip to the part where it's actually Halloween, as the title says. So, the part where it's talking about Halloween goes on like this. On Halloween morning, they woke up to the delicious smell of baking pumpkin wafting through the corridors. Even better, Professor Flitwick announced in charms that he thought they were ready to start making objects fly, something they had all been dying to try since they'd seen him make Neville's toad zoom around the classroom. Professor Flitwick put the class into pairs to practice. Harry's partner was Seamus Finnegan, which was a relief because Neville had been trying to catch his eye. Ron, however, was to be working with Hermione Granger. It was hard to tell whether Ron or Hermione was angrier about this. She hadn't spoken to them, to either of them, since the day Harry's broomstick had arrived. Now, don't forget that nice wrist movement we've been practicing, squeaked Professor Flitwick, perched on top of his pile of books as usual. Swish and flick, remember, swish and flick. And saying the magic words properly is very important, too. Never forget Wizard Barafio, who said S instead of F and found himself on the floor with a buffalo on his chest. It was very difficult. Harry and Seamus swished and flicked, but the feather they were supposed to be sending skyward just lay on the desktop. Seamus got so impatient that he prodded it with his wand and set fire to it. Harry had to put it out with his hat. Ron, at the next table, wasn't having much more luck. When Guardium Leviosa, he shouted, waving his long arms like a windmill. You're saying it wrong, Harry heard Hermione snap. It's when Guardium Leviosa make the gar nice and long. You do it then, if you're so clever, Ron snarled. Hermione rolled up the sleeves of her gown, flicked her wand, and said, when Guardian Leviosa 
Their feather rose off the desk and hovered about four feet above their heads. Oh, well done, cried Professor Flitwick, clapping. Everyone see here, Miss Granger's done it. Ron was in a very bad mood by the end of the class. It's no wonder no one can stand her, he said to Harry as they pushed their way into the crowded corridor. She's a nightmare, honestly. Someone knocked into Harry as they hurried past him. It was Hermione. Harry caught a glimpse of her face and was startled to see that she was in tears. I think she heard you. So, Ron said, said Ron, but he looked a bit uncomfortable. She must have noticed she got, she's got no friends. Hermione didn't turn up for the next class and wasn't seen all afternoon. On their way down to the Great Hall for the Halloween feast, Harry and Ron overheard Parvati Patil telling her friend Lavender that Hermione was crying in the girls' bathroom and wanted to be left alone. Ron looked still more awkward at this, but a moment later he had, they had entered the Great Hall where the Halloween decorations put Hermione out of their minds. A thousand live bats fluttered from the walls and ceiling while a thousand more swooped over the tables in low black clouds, making the candles and the pumpkins stutter. The feast appeared suddenly on the golden plates as it had at the start of term banquet. Harry was just helping himself to a baked potato when Professor Quirrell came sprinting into the hall his turban askew and terror on his face. Everyone stared as he reached Professor Dumbledore's chair, slumped against the table, and gasped, Troll, in the dungeons, thought you ought to know. Then he sank to the floor in a dead faint. There was an uproar. It took several purple firecrackers exploding from the end of Professor Dumbledore's wand to bring silence. Prefects, he rumbled. Lead your houses back to the dormitories immediately. Percy was in his element. Follow me. Stick together, first years. No need to fear the troll if you follow my orders. Stay close behind me now. Make way, first years coming through. Excuse me, I'm a prefect. How could a troll get in? Harry asked as they climbed the stairs. Don't ask me. They're supposed to be really stupid, said Ron. Maybe Peeves let it in for a Halloween joke. They passed different groups of people hurrying in different directions. As they jostled their way through a crowd of confused Hufflepuffs, Harry suddenly grabbed Ron's arm. I've just thought, Hermione. What about her? She doesn't know about the troll. Ron bit his lip. Oh, all right, he snapped. But Percy better not see us. Ducking down, they joined the Hufflepuffs going the other way, slipped down a deserted side corridor and hurried off toward the girls' bathroom. They had just turned the corner when they heard quick footsteps behind them. Percy, hissed Ron, pulling Harry behind a large stone griffin. Peering around it, however, they saw not Percy, but Snape. He crossed the corridor and disappeared from view. What's he doing? Harry whispered. Why isn't he down in the dungeons with the rest of the teachers? Search me. Quietly as possible, they crept along the next corridor of after Snape's fading footsteps. He's heading for the third floor, Harry said, but Ron held up his hand. Can you smell something? Harry sniffed, and a foul stench reached his nostrils. A mixture of old socks and the kind of public toilet no one seems to clean. 
and then they heard it, a low grunting and the shuffling footfalls of gigantic feet. Ron pointed. At the end of a passage to the left, something huge was coming, was moving toward them. They shrank into the shadows and watched it as it emerged into a patch of moonlight. It was a horrible sight. Twelve feet tall, its skin was a dull granite gray, its great lumpy body like a boulder with its small bald head perched on top like a coconut. It had short legs, thick as tree trunks, with flat, horny feet. The smell coming from it was incredible. It was holding a huge wooden club, which dragged along the floor because its arms were so long. The troll stopped next to a doorway and peered inside. It waggled its long ears, making up its tiny mind, then slouched slowly into the room. The key's in the lock, Harry muttered. We could lock it in. Good idea, Ron said nervously. They edged toward the door, mouths dry, praying the troll wasn't about to come out of it. With one great leap, Harry managed to grab the key, slam the door, and lock it. Yes! Flushed with their victory, they started to run back up the passage, but as they reached the corner, they heard something that made their hearts stop. A high, petrified scream, and it was coming from the chamber they just chained up. Oh no, said Ron, pale as the bloody baron. It's the girl's bathroom, Harry gasped. Hermione, they said together. It was the last thing they wanted to do, but what choice did they have? Wheeling around, they sprinted back to the door and turned the key, fumbling in their panic. Harry pulled the door open, and they ran inside. Hermione Granger was shrinking against the wall opposite, looking as if she was about to faint. The troll was advancing on her, knocking the sinks off the walls as it went. Confuse it, Harry said desperately to Ron, and seizing a tap, he threw it as hard as he could against the wall. The troll stopped a few feet from Hermione. It lumbered around, blinking stupidly, stupidly to see what had made the noise. Its mean little eyes saw Harry. It hesitated, but then made for him instead, lifting its club as it went. Oi, pea brain! yelled Ron from the other side of the chamber, and he threw a metal pipe at it. The troll didn't even seem to notice the pipe hitting its shoulder, but it heard the yell and paused again turning its ugly snout toward Ron instead, giving Harry time to run around it. Come on, run! Run! Harry yelled at Hermione, trying to pull her toward the door, but she couldn't move. She was still flat against the wall, her mouth open with terror. The shouting and the echoes seemed to be driving the troll berserk. It roared again and started toward Ron, who was nearest and had no way to escape. Harry then did something that was both very brave and very stupid. He took a great running jump and managed to fa- fasten his arms around the troll's neck from behind. The troll couldn't feel Harry hanging there, but even a troll will notice if you stick a long bit of wood up its nose. And Harry's wand had still been in his hand when he jumped. It had gone straight up one of the troll's nostrils, howling in pain. The troll twisted and flailed its club, with Harry clinging on for dear life. Any second, the troll was going to rip him off or catch him in a terrible blow with the club. Hermione had sunk to the floor in fright. Ron pulled out his own wand. Not knowing what he was going to do, he heard himself cry the first spell that came into his head. 
when Guardian Leviosa. The club flew suddenly out of the troll's hand, rose high, high up into the air, turned slowly over, and dropped with a sickening crack onto its owner's head. The troll swayed on the spot and then fell flat on its face with a thud that made the whole room tremble. Harry got to his feet. He was shaking and out of breath. Ron was standing there with his wand still raised, staring at what he had done. It was Hermione who spoke spoke first. Is it dead? I don't think so, said Harry. I think it's just been knocked out. He bent down and pulled his wand out of the troll's nose. It was covered in what looked like lumpy gray goo. Glue. Erg, troll boogers. He wiped it on the troll's trousers. A sudden slamming and loud footsteps made the three of them look up. They hadn't realized what a racket they had been making, but of course, someone downstairs must have heard the crashes and the troll's roars. A moment later, Professor McGonagall had come bursting into the room, closely followed by Snape, with Quirrell bringing up the rear. Quirrell took one look at the troll, let out a faint whimper, and sat down on a toilet, clutching his heart. Snape bent over the troll. Professor McGonagall was looking at Ron and Harry. Harry had never seen her so angry. Her lips were white. Hopes of winning 50 points for Gryffindor faded quickly from Harry's mind. What on earth were you thinking of, said Professor McGonagall, with cold fury in her voice. Harry looked at Ron, who was still standing with his wand in the air. You're lucky you weren't killed. Why aren't you in your dormitory? Snape gave Harry a swift, piercing look. Harry looked at the floor. He wished Ron would put his wand down. Then a small voice came out of the shadows. Please, Professor McGonagall, they were looking for me. Miss Granger. Hermione had managed to get to her feet at last. I went looking for the troll because I... I thought I could deal with it on my own. You know, because I've read all about them. Ron dropped his wand. Hermione Granger, telling a downright lie to a teacher? If they hadn't found me, I'd be dead now. Harry stuck his wand up its nose and Ron knocked it out with its own club. They didn't have time to come and fetch anyone. It was about to finish me when they t- arrived. Harry and Ron looked at, tried to look as though the story wasn't new to them. Well, in that case, said Professor McGonagall, staring at the three of them, Miss Granger, you foolish girl, how could you think of tackling a mountain troll on your own? Hermione hung her head. The, uh, Harry was speechless. Hermione was the last person to do anything against the rules, and here she was, pretending she had to get them out of trouble. It was as if Snape had started handing out sweets. Miss Granger, five points will be taken from Gryffindor for this, said Professor McGonagall. I'm very disappointed in you. If you're not hurt at all, you better get off to Gryffindor Tower. Students are finishing the feast in their houses. Hermione left. Professor McGonagall turned to Harry and Ron. Well, I still say you were lucky, but not many first years could have taken on a full-grown mountain troll. You each win Gryffindor five points. Professor Dumbledore will be informed of this. You may go. Well then, uh, that was just parts of 
the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, where the titled Halloween, which is actually chapter 10. And uh, I just think it's so different. It's actually kind of different from the movie. I've seen all the movies, but I've not read the books. I just found this chapter on an app. So I think I didn't know that, like, I didn't know that um, Neville was actually there with the three-head dogs. Like in the movies, it's just Hermione, Ron, and Harry. But I guess... Uh, Neville and Hermione were at the trap door with the dogs. Also, I didn't know that in the book, um, Harry opened, tried to open his Nimbus 2000 privately. In the movie, he does it publicly, like right away. He doesn't even like really look at the note, does he? But, uh, and also, I think that the troll scene is like pretty accurate from what I could see from the movie but uh that is all for today I've gone uh this podcast has gone for a long time and um although I said I might have more right now I don't but thank you so much for listening to me read the story that I wrote called Retsnom which I will be posting on my Instagram at short stories podcast Follow me on Instagram at short stories podcast or at olivia.maiden underscore 11. And if you have any questions about my um, short stories or if you have any comments, feedback that you want to give me to improve this podcast, please, um, please, uh, you can either um, message me on instagram at short stories podcast or you can email me uh, my email is at osubeavergirl21 at gmail.com that is all lowercase letters osubeavergirl21 at gmail.com thank you and have a great happy halloween or happy harvest to those that might not celebrate this holiday And just know that a light's going to shine through even in the darkness.